you stand with me to honor the reading of God's word? And while you're standing, can we go ahead and thank God for our social global family that's watching from around the world? Don't stop clapping. Let's thank God for all the inmates that are watching this message on Pando. And it's launching on Super Bowl Sunday, but how many know perfect practice makes perfect? Shout out to our Echo location launching on February 11th. Let's just pretend like they already there. One church and two locations, and so this is going to be good. I want you to go with me today to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 12. And I want to look at verses 25 through 29. Hebrews chapter 12, start at verse 25 and land at verse number 29. How many of you got a paper Bible? That's all, the, that's all the real saved folks right there. I'm playing, I'm playing. Hebrews chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible or a smart device, we got it on the screen for you, so you're good. No condemnation. Starting at verse number 25, when you're ready to read it, say yeah. says this, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. It's verse 28 for me. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful. Look at your neighbor and say, stop complaining. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just leave complaining in 2023. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, that, that's so good. I, I want to read it again, but I just want to read verses 28 and verse 29. And I want to read it in the message translation. And let me just kind of set the tone for the year. We're going to do something different this year. I'm about to reveal the word for the year, but this is also going to be our scripture for the year. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29 is our scripture for the year. Every single Sunday in 2024, we're going to read this verse right here. Even if I'm preaching from another scripture, we're going to read this right here. If we got a guest speaker, if they want to stay on this stage, they better read this scripture right here. By the end of 2024, you're going to have this memorized by heart. You're welcome. You said you wanted to learn more scripture this year. You're welcome. I'm helping you out. This is our verse for the year that has our word for the year. It's in the message translation. Look at what it says. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit 
until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. I want to back that thing up biblically. To verse 28, because in verse 28 is the word for the year. Do you see what we've got? And... 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 Oh, my Lord, we start off the year every year with the word. 2021 was the year of no cap. We said there is no cap, no limit to what God can do. 2022 was the year to stretch out. We said that God wanted to extend and expand our borders. Last year was the year to go deeper. We said a shallow world needs a deeper church. But y'all, 2024, would you look at your neighbor and say, Oh, look at him. Say, neighbor, this is my year to be unshakable. I wish somebody would give God praise in advance for that. Come on, find you another neighbor. Find you another neighbor. Say, other neighbor, I don't know about you, but I know about me. This is my year to be unshakable. Give God some crazy praise if you believe it. Unshakable. Oh, I might be shocked, but I won't be shaken. I might be knocked down, but I won't be shaken. I might be surprised, but I won't be shaken. Everything else in the world and in systems and in culture will be shaken, but I've got an unshakable kingdom. My Lord, calm down, Robert. You ain't even started preaching yet. Let's pray. Father, have your way. Speak today. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Unshakable. That's our word for 2024. Unshakable. Social fam, some several years ago, I think I was like 18 years old, Uh, Back in the time where people still had landline phones and answer machines, I'll never forget my father calling me over to the phone to listen to a message that he was convinced was for me. I picked up the phone and I listened to the message and I will never forget what I heard. The voice on the other line said these exact words, man of God, I have a word from God for you. This will not be the first time that you receive this word, but God has called you to plant a church. It will be a mighty work, and it will be in the city of Detroit, Michigan. And then he just hung up the phone. (laughs) Now keep in mind, during this time in my life, I'm still wrestling and grappling with the reality of God even calling me to full-time ministry. I wasn't sure about it. And I had been to Detroit, Michigan, and no shade if you're from Detroit. (laughs) But when I went to Detroit, nothing in me said, ooh, the Lord has called me here. So when I heard that message years ago, all I did was say, you know what? People got to stay off narcotics while they make a nighttime phone calls. (laughs) And I dismissed the word. But I'm thinking about the word today because I will never forget the vocal intonation of certainty 
that the man had. Man of God, I have a word from God for you. And I'll also never forget the mysterious anonymity of the message. Homeboy called from an unknown number, didn't even say my name, said man of God, and didn't even tell me who he was. So come on, even if we do have another SD, let's just say there's a social Detroit coming and it comes to pass, I don't even know who to call to say, bro, it took 20 plus years, but the word of the Lord came to pass. And it's just interesting to get a message of such certainty but still had some anonymity to it. When I thought about that message, I think about the book of Hebrews, ladies and gentlemen. The book of Hebrews is perhaps one of the most powerful and yet puzzling passages and books in the entire New Testament. The book of Hebrews is filled with so much potent truth that you can apply to your life. But the book of Hebrews also has some anonymity. It has some mystery around it. As a matter of fact, whenever you read the book of Hebrews, you got to approach the book of Hebrews with a magnifying glass, like you Sherlock Holmes. You, you got to read the book of Hebrews like it's an episode of Forensic Files or First 48 or CSI crime scene investigation. That's how you have to approach the book of Hebrews because there are all kinds of blues clues and puzzles in the book of Hebrews that you have to use to give evidence to what the writer of Hebrews wants you to understand in the book. As a matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews makes some, makes some assumptions when you come to his book. First of all, he assumes that you know something about the Old Testament. He assumes that you know about the sacrificial system. He assumes that you know about the priesthood. He makes a lot of assumptions about his audience. When you read the book of Hebrews, you also understand because of the exhortations and the encouragement that the writer is writing that we are looking at a group of believers who, who are going through it. We're looking at a group of believers who are facing some persecution and that persecution is making them go back to their old life. That persecution is making them go back to Judaism and not continue on in the faith that they once held so closely. Oh yes, the book of Hebrews is not written to somebody that is needing to hear the gospel for the first time. The book of Hebrews is written to believers who have put their faith in Jesus, but all of a sudden life has started lifing. And because a life has started lifing, they're tempted to throw in the towel. They're tempted to walk away and go back to their old life and say, forget this, it's not worth it. I don't know if you've ever been there before. I don't know if you've ever taken a step of faith and started walking with God. But as you started walking with him, it seemed like stuff started going crazy. It seemed like the people that you thought you could trust are the very ones that stab you in the back. It seems like you're facing pain and disappointment and challenges that you didn't face when you were in the world turning up every single weekend. Anybody know what it's like to begin a journey of faith and all of a sudden face these challenges? And maybe you can't tell anybody on a Sunday morning because you got to act real safe like you floated in here and had communion for breakfast, but maybe in a secret place you're saying, God, is this worth it? Should I just go back to the old lifestyle? Should I just text my ex? Should I just go back to what is familiar? But the writer of Hebrews writes with precision. As a matter of fact, if you want to sum up his 13 chapters in just three words, it's don't give up. Don't give up. I know you're going through some pain right now, but don't give up. Don't go back to what's familiar just because you're facing a challenge. He doesn't just encourage the church, he also gives them a warning. 
He gives them a warning and lets them know that you got to be careful to not start drifting away from the things of God. You can't drift away from the faith you once had. Have you noticed nobody ever drifts towards holiness? Just like you don't drift towards a kale salad, you drift towards crumble cookies. Nobody ever in their walk with the Lord genuinely drifts towards holiness. As a matter of fact, we do the opposite. I love what that biblical scholar D.A. Carson said. He said, apart from grace-driven effort, people don't gravitate towards godliness, prayer, obedience to the scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift towards compromise and call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience and call it freedom. We drift towards superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. We slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. This is the challenge of the human soul, is that all of our souls, because of the culture in which we live, we tend to drift. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't drift. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. In other words, Jesus persevered so that you could have the strength to persevere. I don't know who this message is for, right? now, but maybe the enemy has been loud in your ear trying to get you to drift already in this new year and go back, but you need to start talking trash back to the enemy and just tell him, I've come too far to quit. I've been through too much to quit. I've been delivered from too much to quit. I got to keep on going because I know there's greater in my destiny than what's been in my history. I've come too far to quit. Can somebody just take a little 10 second praise break? If you got a strange suspicion that there's greater in front of you than what's been behind you so you cannot throw in the towel and quit. Oh, you better get a spirit of Nemo. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Don't go back. So I love the book of Hebrews. And when I get to heaven, y'all, when I get to heaven, I want to high five the writer of Hebrews. And I want to thank the writer for giving us a book that lets us know that we've got to persevere that we got to keep showing up, that we can't walk away from our faith. The only problem is, I don't know who to high five when I get to heaven. Because the book of Hebrews is written by, we don't know. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. He never lets us know his name. It's an anonymous writer. As anonymous as the dude who gave me a voicemail talking about I'm going to plant a church in Detroit, Michigan. That is the book of Hebrews. We don't know. And there's so many scholars who have postulated who they think wrote the book of Hebrews. Some people think that uh, Barnabas wrote the book of Hebrews. Some people think that Luke wrote the book of Hebrews. Some people think that Apollos wrote the book of Hebrews. Some modern scholars think that Priscilla wrote the book of Hebrews. And a majority of people think that that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews because the book of Hebrews has such rich language in it. You can tell that whoever wrote Hebrews was highly educated. And some people think that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but can I make my declaration? I don't think it was Paul, y'all. I'm not a scholar. I'm not a theologian, but I don't think Paul wrote it. 
Let me tell you why. I don't think it was the Apostle Paul. Have you ever read anything Paul wrote? You ever read Corinthians? You ever read Ephesians? You ever read anything Paul wrote? Paul lets you know in his intro. <laughs> he always put his ad handle on everything he does. He lets you know in his intro who he is. He will start off almost every letter. I, Paul, an apostle by the will of God to whoever he is talking to. If he did that in every other letter, how come he didn't do that in the book of Hebrews? Paul lets you know in the intro, I, Paul, that's who I am. An apostle, that's what I've been called to. By the will of God, that's the one that called me to do it. Ooh, I like that right there. I, Paul, that's who I am. An apostle, that's what I've been called to do. By the will of God, that's the one that called me to do it. That gets me excited right there. I might start sending text messages and writing letters like this. I, Robert, the pastor of Social Dallas, called by the will of God to do it. I like that because Paul didn't say, I'm an apostle out of arrogance. He didn't say, I'm an apostle out of arrogance. This is out of confidence of knowing who called him to do what he was doing. And every once in a while, you got to remind other people and you got to remind yourself that I'm not doing this because I called myself. I'm not stepping into this because of my talent, because of my gift, because of my perfect record. No, 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 no. I am who I am because God called me to do this. I'm here because of the will of God. If it was my will, I would be doing something else. But how many are thankful today for the will of God that pushes you into the call of God so you can know who you are? I don't know who this is for, but you need to let insecurity stay in 2023. Let this be your year to step into the effulgence of your call. I, Paul, that's who I am. An apostle, that's what I've been called to do. By the will of God. Paul didn't say that I'm called because of my talent, my pedigree, my ingenuity, or anything else. I'm simply here because of the will of of God. And so when he writes letters, he lets you know his identity because how many of you know an unshakable identity comes from an invisible authority? An unshakable identity comes from an invisible authority. Anytime you see somebody that has an unshakable identity, they know who they are and whose they are is coming from an invisible authority. I had a friend that used to always get in fights and I, I was not a fighter growing up. I was a lover, not a fighter. And I asked this friend, I was like, man, you, you, you'll beat up anybody. And, and he, was, he was crazy. He had access to, 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 to weapons and stuff. And, and, and I said, man, how, how do you have no fear? Like, how do you know who to fight? He said, let me tell you something, Robert. He said, if you're ever out and you see somebody popping off and they're talking a lot of noise, like, I'm about to knock you out. You don't want this. You don't want this. He said, that's not the people to be afraid of. He said, he didn't say it like this, but this is how I interpret it. He said, they are overcompensating because they know they can't fight. He said, the person to fear is the person that says, you want to fight? And they say, let's do it. No, that's cool. That's cool. Let's fight. You want to fight? I ain't got, I ain't got no problem. If they are that calm and that poised, they usually have some invisible authority that you are going to see. And Paul is saying, I know who I am because of the invisible authority that's behind me. I wonder if this could be a year where you have an unshakable identity because of the invisible authority who is God behind you. Question, I'm going to get in your business. It's 2024. Can I ask you this? Is your identity rooted in something that's shakable? 
Is your identity rooted in something that's shakable? Because it is a dangerous thing whenever your sense of self-being, your sense of self-worth comes from something that is shakable. So I want to know today, is your identity rooted in something that is shakable? Well, Pastor, how am I supposed to know? I got another question for you. What do you point to to prove your value? What do you point to to prove I am somebody? Whatever you point to to prove your value, I want to know, is this shakable? Because if you're pointing to something to prove your value and the thing that you're pointing to is shakable, it's only a matter of time before your identity crumbles because you're pointing to something that is shakable. Ooh, it's quiet, but people don't talk much when they're going through surgery. No, for what do you point? Are you pointing to your bank account? You pointing to how much money you make? Oh, that's why I am somebody. Well, what happens when they say, oh, I'm so sorry, we're downsizing? What happens when the economy goes bottom out? Because you're pointing to something that is shakable. Are you pointing to how good you look? I am somebody. Look at me. This body is snatched. <laughs> Keep on living. Because <laughs> everything that's snatched is going to be going down. That's how gravity works. It's going to start coming all down. And there's only so much these surgeons can do. I'm just saying, you better point to something that's not as shaky. Is it a spouse? Is it a house? I'm wondering, are you pointing to something saying that that's why I'm somebody and the thing that you're pointing to is shaky? And if it's shaky, you will live your life not knowing who you are. But that's why God says, if you'll ever point to me, the invisible authority, the one that called you, then you can have something that's an anchor for your soul. And so the challenge of life is to look to the invisible authority so you can have an unshakable identity. So all that to say, I don't think Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. I don't, because Paul lets you know in the intro who he is. But look at what the writer of Hebrews does in the intro. Writer of Hebrews, this is how he starts. This is how he starts the whole 13 chapters of Hebrews. He starts with, God. He doesn't give you his name because his name is shakable. So he said, I'm just going to start by giving you a name that can't be shaken. God. I, I had church at my house by myself. Just the fact that he started the whole book with God. You would think that he would spend some time trying to prove that there is a God or try to give you arguments that there is God. He said, I ain't got time to prove anything to you. It's just God. He starts with God. It's almost like he's retweeting Genesis chapter 1 that says, in the beginning, God. God doesn't waste time trying to argue to get you to prove his existence. He just lets you know, I am God. In the beginning, God. How is 2024? going to be a good year for you in the beginning God if you would put God in the beginning this would actually be a fruitful year preach Robert God he just starts with God who at various times and in various ways he what he heard he spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days to us by his son. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken. Anonymous writer of Hebrews, what are you trying to let us know? That you serve a God that communicates. That you serve a God 
that speaks, that you serve a God that since the beginning of creation has been showing us that he talks. He is an incredible communicator. He spoke through the prophets. He spoke through the early church. He spoke through shepherds. He spoke through the priesthood. He spoke through parables. He speaks through his word. And how many know he is still speaking today? Oh, you have a God that wants to communicate things to you. This is why the beginning of this year is so important. Can I just brag on you as a church? Y'all blew my mind last Tuesday. Over 700 of y'all showed up at Gillies on a Tuesday night for prayer and fasting. It lets me know that we have a church that believes that God is still speaking. And if I could just shut down my flesh and listen in to him, he has some direction and some guidance he will give me. But this is the reality that the writer of Hebrews wants us to know, that God is speaking. Now, let's clarify. Yes, he is still speaking, but thank God he's already spoken through his word. And the best thing you can do is to just get your face in this book. You want to have a prosperous year? Start eating this book. Just get in the word of God and get the word of God in you. That's why this is critical. Because how many you know God is never going to speak something to you personally that is contradictory to what is in this word? He's never going to give you something that contradicts the word that has already been written. And the day we live in, we need some believers that are biblically illiterate, that know the word of God. So when somebody said, well, God told me this, you'd be like, I ain't seen that nowhere <laughs> in scripture. <laughs> so that must not have been God. That must have been the pizza you had last night. He, he's a God that communicates. He's a God that speaks. And the writer of Hebrews says, God spoke, and hear me, he is still speaking. And so I need the word. Uh, uh, Dr. Evans says it like this. He says, the word is like national news. I need national news. I want to know what's going on in the world. But then he says, you need a specific word because that's like local news. I need to know with specificity, God, what are you saying to me? Because I want to be unshakable. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, shh. Now tell them, shh, be quiet. God's speaking. Look at them say, shh, be quiet. God's speaking. Ooh, this ain't in my notes for the soul. This is for somebody. What's the thing you need to turn down this year so you can hear him speaking? Is it TikTok? Is it Instagram? What, what do you need to turn down? When I first got my office, when I was first on staff at a church, I had this little picture in my office, and I don't know where it is, but I might have to find it and put it back up. It was this little frame, and it had these words framed. It said, make time for quiet moments, because the world is loud, and God often whispers. Make time for quiet moments, because the world is loud, and God often whispers whispers, shh, what is he speaking? So when we get to chapter 12, verse 25, oh, he's still on it because he says this, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. Be careful that you do not refuse to to what? So God doesn't have a problem speaking. We got a problem 
listening to the writer's writing as a warning saying, hey, God communicates, he has spoken, he is speaking, but we have got to listen and hear what he's saying. Listen, listen, so you won't be shaken. Okay, I, uh, I did uh, last year a challenge, and I love doing these challenges because uh, I'm just as much a part of this church body as I lead this church body, so I've been needing y'all to hold a brother accountable, okay? So remember last year, it was the year to go deeper, but before that, that was stretch out, and I spent the whole year stretching. Remember I told y'all that I was going to be able to touch my toes? How many remember that? Remember that? How many remember that? Remember that? Remember that? Okay, remember that? And I did it. I did. I still can do it. Hello. Hallelujah. Okay, touch my toes, and I, I did all that, so I, need, I got another challenge I'm doing this year, and I need y'all to hold me accountable. Oh, Lord, I'm about to say this on the microphone. Okay, so, so I'm turning 40 this year. I'm turning 40 this year. I'm probably going to tell you that every single Sunday till June 15th so you can get yourself together, get your finance together. Wait, get my gift, get my gift. 40, so this is my last big birthday before it's, it's over with. And so, um, so, so, so turning 40 this year, Woo, Lord, I'm about to say this. Here's my challenge for this year 40. For, for this year 40, I'm, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run a marathon, okay? Y'all clapping. I'm going to be dying. 26.2 miles, okay? 26.2 miles. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's what I need. I show up that day. I need you on the side helping me out when I'm dying. Okay, so, so I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run a marathon this year, 26.2 miles. That's my challenge on this year that I'm turning 40. And it's so funny because the writer of Hebrews even says that we have been given a race that's been set before us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. So, I mean, when we're using Hebrews as our scripture of the year, I've got to do it this year, okay? So I'm running a marathon. And so, y'all, in my mind, in my mind, I see myself, because you got to see it before you see it. I see myself crossing that finish line, running this marathon, not like bending over, dying, but I see myself with a smile on my face, hands in the air like Usain Bolt. You see it? I can see it, okay? I can see it. I literally see it, okay? <laughs> so that's how I see myself winning this marathon race that I ain't even started training for yet, okay? So that's how I see myself crossing the finish line, okay? Now, facts. I also see myself like that spiritually with the race that's been said before me. Y'all, I want to finish well. Anybody can start something. I want to know, can you finish it? Well, I want to finish well, not with somebody saying he had the biggest church in the world, not with somebody saying, oh, you have the most profound. So the best Instagram, most Instagram followers, I want to hear him say what all of us should be waiting for us to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant, well done. Oh, I want a well done. Some of us ain't going to get a well done. We're going to get a well. I don't want that. I want a well done. And I want to finish my race like that. So I see myself finishing my spiritual race like that, and I see myself running like Usain Bolt. But as I had that image in my head, God spoke to me so clearly, and he said, no, that's not what you look like. You don't look like Usain Bolt running your spiritual race. That is not what the race looks like for you. He said, Robert, you look like Henry Wanyoke. Yeah. Spiritually. I am the man on the right 
with the glasses. His name is Henry Wanyoke, who is a Kenyan marathon Olympic winner who runs blind. He's won several gold medals in the Paralympics, and he runs blind. He's only as good as his guide, Paul, to the right. His guide, Paul, who runs with him, who necessitates his ability to run, is not just as good as him, he's better. And he runs alongside him, and he has to go out and plan and map out the race before Wayne ever even runs. He has to look for obstacles that he might trip up on. He has to go ahead and know where the turns are because he can't see the turn. His guide goes before him, and he stays right next to his guide, and his guide will whisper in his ear. And if you ever see them run, they are so in sync with each other, they have a rhythm with each other and even when he can't speak words if you look at their hands they have a rope that's connecting them and all he has to do is pull that rope and that knows I gotta go to the right and then he'll pull the rope again and that means I gotta go to the left and he's only as good as the guy that's running beside him oh now I know why the writer of Hebrews lets us know that if you got Jesus you got everything you need that Jesus is better than angels and Jesus is better than the Torah and Jesus is better than any high priest because if I can run with my God it doesn't matter if I can't see what's in front of me I just got to stay connected to my God I need my God I need my God I need my God I need the guide to tell me where to go because I can't see that's how I'm going to run my race and even when I don't hear him speaking I pray that I always hear him tugging at my spirit, saying right here, make a right, right here, make a left, right here, there's an obstacle coming. That's how we run the race that's been set before us. But if you don't hear him speaking, you will be shaken. And how many of us have been running our race and all of a sudden, like the church that the writer of Hebrews is writing to. We're about to say, forget the guide. I'm good. I can do this on my own. I'm gonna go back and no wonder you're about to crumble and fall because you cannot do it without him. You need him. God will speak with his voice. He will speak with the tug. He will speak through his word. But can I tell you, he will speak through shaking. Hmm. Whenever there is a shaking, God is speaking. God will often shake the things we can see to get us to pay attention to the things that we can't see. It's a shaking. And can I prophetically speak to you right now and tell you that the last days in which we are living in right now, there is, there is a shaking that is occurring. And guess who's doing the shaking? It ain't the devil. God 
is doing, the shaking. Can you prove it in the text? I sure can. Can you put verse 26 up there? When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. God often is speaking when the world is shaking. I love that I have to always have my ears open whenever I'm writing a message because God speaks through everything. And I was putting my little rim rim to bed and in Remy's room she has this little globe. How many know we didn't buy, it says love in it. We didn't buy this for Remy just for her viewing. Do you know why she wanted this little globe? Because of what happens with the shaking. There's something that happens in the shaking where that which is solid remains and that which isn't is revealed. Whenever God wants to get our attention globally in the earth, he does a shaking. When I was in Sunday school, we used to sing a little song. He's got the whole world in his hand. He got the, oh, you want the same Sunday school class I went? In his hand, he got the, in his hand, he got the. Right. That, that song gives me hope that I could be a songwriter. <laughs> Because that's it. He's got the whole world in his hands. Hmm, next lyric. Hmm, say it again. He's got the... <laughs> they didn't say that often this world that is in his hands, he will shake. Because when God shakes the world, he does the shaking so that you can understand the things that are temporary and the things that are eternal. He does the shaking to get your attention so your ear will be open to listen to what he was saying. I know we in 2024, but anybody remember 2020? When things that nobody thought could be shaken were shaken, where businesses that nobody thought would be closed were closed, and every once in a while, God allows in his sovereignty or he will do it himself. He will do the shaking so that the things that are temporal will dissolve and the things that are eternal would be revealed. And how many know he doesn't just do it in the global world. He will do it in your world. Somebody right now knows what it's like to go through a the job you thought you would have and all of a sudden God does a the relationship you thought would always be there and all of a sudden God does a shake it. You don't really know what your convictions are until God does a you don't really know what you believe until God does a I don't trust anybody's relationship anybody's marriage that has not been through a I don't trust a friendship that hadn't been through a 
Oh, of course you can be my friend when everything's going good. Of course you can serve when everything's going well and you get a massage and flowers every week and everybody says thank you. But whenever there's a shaking, there is a revealing of what is substantive and what is flaky. And every once in a while, God has to do a shaking in your life to reveal what really matters. And God says, hear me, I'm speaking prophetically now. 2024 will be the year of shaking. And in the shaking, God is speaking and he's trying to show us the things that will last and the things that will not. The things that are temporal and the things that are eternal. And hear me, if you're in here today and you feel like he's been shaking your world, he's speaking in the shaking. God will shake the things you can see because he's trying to open up your eyes to the things you can't see. God will shake the things that are temporal so he can get your attention to focus on the things that are eternal. And my word for you this year is we have received an unshakable kingdom. And no matter the shaking that is occurring in your life, you've got to listen to hear what God is speaking in the shaking because he's trying to make you unshakable. The shaking is not that bad. I know you feel like you're about to lose your mind, but the shaking is revealing something. If I've received a kingdom that is unshakable. How else can I have evidence that the kingdom is unshakable until something is shaken? The only way I can have confidence to know that the kingdom I have received is unshakable is for things to be shaken. AT, you, you still here? There he is right there. AT, come up here and help me real quick. I love A.T. He serves on the parking lot team. And I, I told him I wanted somebody on our serve team, first of all, has been so faithful. Talk about unshakable. Unshakable. Last Sunday was the first Sunday of the year. As soon as I pulled in the parking lot, he's on the parking lot team. I rolled out, he, I rolled out my window. He was out there. Pastor, let's go! First Sunday of the year. Like, that's what I like. Unshakable. And AT, I heard that sometimes when you're parched, when you're thirsty, you don't mind having a Coke. But you like Coca-Cola. So I wanted to just say thank you and give you a Coke. That's a Coke for you. Unshakable. Now, A.T., I'm a little more spiritual. I don't drink Coke. <laughs> We're on a fast. <laughs> I drink water. I don't know we have our own water. We got our own Coke, too. There's <laughs> the details for me. A.T., that, that Coke is just to say thank you. You can play, make this sound real spiritual. Um, that Coke is just to say... Thank you 
for serving. I think they had a motto, have a Coke and a smile. That Coke's for you. You drink your Coke, I'm going to drink my water. I don't know, but I don't drink it yet. Before you do the drinking, <laughs> now keep in mind, I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not going to do. Let's do some shaking before we do some drinking. You ready? Go. Everything I do, you got to do. You ready? You ready? Here we go. Go. <laughs> Why you do that, Pastor Robert? Why you make a mess on the stage? I'm trying to show you your life right now. See, the problem is never with the shaking. Some of you think the problem is with the shaking, but the shaking is not the problem. All the shaking does is prove the contents of the container. I went through the same shaking he went through. I was thrown up and thrown back down, but the reason his life was exploded and mine was still water is because of the content God is raising up a church that knows who the living water is, that knows how to be unshakable when everybody else's life is on the floor. Somebody give God some praise if you're ready to be unshakable this year. God's raising up an unshakable church. This kingdom we've received is unshakable. Remain standing. You've been complaining about the shaking. The shaking is never the problem. The shaking is just the revealer of the contents of the container. You don't know what's in you until there's a shaking. I don't care what you praise about, you don't know what's really in there until there is a shaking. And so no wonder the writer of Hebrews, he concludes by saying what? Let us be thankful and brimming with worship. Hold on pastor, you telling me I gotta thank God for the shaking? You telling me I'm supposed to thank him for the shaking? It's not that I'm thanking him for the shaking, it's what the shaking reveals. And it gives me an opportunity to say, God, continue to conform me to the image of your dear son, Jesus. In every shaking, there is a revealing. This still water can be shaken all day and it won't explode. It won't make a mess. 
And God says, this year, I want your eyes fixed on the unshakable things. I want to give you the strength to stand in a world that is shaking. You have received an unshakable kingdom. It starts with being thankful. And it starts with worship. I'm going to ask every head be bowed and eyes be closed today. Father, I thank you for what you are doing in the earth. Lord, we're not just saying empty words. This is the year and in these days we will see all kinds of things that will be shaken. But Lord, would you help us this year to open up our ears to hear you, to know that in the shaking you are speaking. Open up our ears and open up our eyes to see that we have received a kingdom that is unshakable. That everything that is temporary will not last and we choose to fix our eyes on the things that are eternal this year. God, a shaky world needs an unshakable church. So Father, I pray that you would make us unshakable this year. And that even in the shaking, the things that need to dissolve from our lives would go to the side. But as the writer of Hebrews said, we will keep our eyes fixed on you, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Do it for my brother. Do it for my sister in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're in here today and you say, Pastor Robert, I'm going through a shaking right now. And in the shaking, I feel like the church that the writer of Hebrews is writing to, I'm feeling like walking away. I'm feeling like giving up. But today, I need the strength to persevere. I need the strength to stand. I want to echo what the writer of Hebrews is doing in 13 chapters. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel just because life has gotten hard. If you will persevere to the end. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon and we're running blind and you can't afford to be disconnected from your guide who is Jesus. That's you today and you say, you know what, I've been, I've been tempted to walk away, to go back and I need the strength to remain, to stand. If that's you, would you lift up your hand high enough and long enough to where I can see it today? I believe today on this first Sunday of the year, God is releasing perseverance and steadfastness. Come on, thank you, thank you. I see those hands. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's why you have to be here today. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else, lift it up and put it right back down. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be real specific. How many of you in here today say, you know what? I have never surrendered my life to Jesus the author and the perfecter of my faith. And today, I need to give him my life. Giving him your life does not mean everything in your life is gonna be perfect, but it does mean that you have received an unshakable kingdom. That's you today, you say, Pastor, would you include me in this closing prayer? I've never given him my life, but today, I need to surrender my life to him. When I count to three, I just want you to lift up your hand. One, two, three. Lift up your hand high enough. 
long enough to where I can see it saying, I'm giving him my life today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Keep it raised. Keep it raised. Come on. Some of you, maybe you were walking with God for a while, but your heart's gotten cold, and today God is calling you back home. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I see those hands. Come on. This, this, this is the unshakable year. Come on. If you're going to be unshakable, you cannot worry about the opinions of other people. If you lifted up your hand this second time saying, I need to give him my life today, I'm going to ask you to do something so bold and so brave. We prayed for you today. This whole atmosphere was saturated with prayer. I'm just going to ask you to get out of your seat and come right up here to the front. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Come on. I want you to come right now. If you got to tell Somebody, excuse me, excuse me. If you lifted up your hand, or you should have lifted up your hand, saying, I need to give him my life today. Come on, come on. I don't care how far in the back you gotta walk from. This is your day. This is your day. Come on, just come right up here to the front. Saying, God, I'm giving you my life today. Come on. This is an unshakable kingdom. Come on. Anybody else? Come on, you know when God is speaking to you. Don't deny his voice when he's speaking. I want you to come. Anybody else? Come on, I see you, come on. Come on, come on. At the beginning of this year, God's calling you home. Your father is saying, come on home. Come on. Come on, I wish I had a church that would give God some praise today. Come on. Unshakable. 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 Unshakable kingdom. When everybody else's life looks like that, you can have a life that is unshakable. Anybody else? Come on. Come on. I want to wait a few more moments because somebody needs to respond to the voice that's been speaking from the beginning of creation. Come on. I want some of our prayer team to stand behind all those who have responded. Thank you, God. Close your this altar, can you just lift up your hands? Can we all do it and join them? We're lifting up our hands as a sign of surrender. I'm going to lead you in this prayer, but I just want you to say it from your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. Lord, thank you so much for loving me enough to pay the price for my sin. Jesus, I know I've been running blind. I need you as my guide, as my Lord, and as my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Make me brand new. From this moment forward, all that I am, is yours Jesus today I receive the unshakable kingdom no matter what's shaking around me I hold on to you you're unshakable today in all of my life I will point to you to prove my value that you loved me enough to die for me and you're coming back for me but until that day I'll keep running my race 
eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen, amen, and give God some praise today.